0: a picture that Christ fulfilled in his life and ministry in essence what he's saying is that that old covenant picture and story is a foretelling of what Jesus did for us and that proves something that this is One of many other stories that we see in the scriptures, specifically in the Old Testament, that have one central theme, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so if you have your Bibles with me, we're going to explore that in Exodus chapter 12. I'm just going to read a few verses and see how Jesus is truly our Passover lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, I'm going to begin in verse 3. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take from it sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And go with me to verse 13 the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are and when i see the blood i will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when i strike the land of egypt the context of the story is that the israelites have been in bondage in egypt for 400 years And God has sent his prophet to go into the land and to tell Pharaoh and his people to let his people go. But more and more after each plague, the people have hardened their hearts, specifically Pharaoh have hardened their hearts concerning the people of God being liberated. And so God gives one final warning for one final plague. And the thing that is interesting about this specific plague was that it did not only affect the Egyptians, but even the Israelites. Everybody was under the judgment of God. But God gave a plan to the people of how they can evade the wrath of God if they are willing to obey his instructions. If not, they will experience death. And so what does he ask of them? He says, I ask of you to take a lamb on the 10th day of the religious month, Nisan, for the Jewish calendar. And each household should take that lamb, bring it into their home for four days for the purpose of examining that lamb, watching over that lamb, to make sure that it is without fault, without defect, without any deformities, that it might be an acceptable sacrifice unto God. And it must be a year old because that is the prime of life for that lamb. And on the 14th day, they were to take that lamb, slaughter the lamb, as a substitutionary act for the firstborn not to die. That lamb took the place of that firstborn child that would die if there was no lamb slain. And let's pause and fast forward hundreds of years later when Jesus enters into Jerusalem on the same week that they are celebrating this very feast. And some argue that it was on the very day of the 10th day of Nisan, and that's debatable. But you can imagine around that time that all these Jews are looking for their Passover lamb in order to find a spotless one to perform this feast. They're looking for that blemished one, without blemish rather, without fault, without defect. And around that same time, in comes Jesus into Jerusalem. God's chosen Passover lamb. And if you read Mark 11... After Jesus enters as that Passover lamb, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the elders scrutinized him, asking question after question after question to try to find fault in Jesus. What is the greatest command of all? By what authority do you do these things? Shall we pay our taxes to Caesar If there is a resurrection what happens and Jesus day after day time after time proves that he is without fault he is without sin there is no deceit found in his mouth so much so that they had to falsely accuse him in order to crucify him and we see here that it was not just killing the lamb that was significant. It wasn't just about killing a lamb, but it was about the blood of the lamb. It was about the blood. And so in Exodus, they had to, yes, kill the lamb, make sure that they did not break its bones. They were to take the blood of the lamb and to put it on the two doorposts of each home and on the top of that doorpost. And this signifies a lot One, it signifies public confession of faith. Now pay attention. In Exodus 8, verse 26, when Pharaoh asked Moses, yeah, you can do your sacrifices, but sacrifice them within the land. This is how Moses answers. It would not be right to do so, for the offerings we shall offer of the Lord our God are an abomination to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice offerings abominable to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not stone us? They could not perform certain animal sacrifices because the Egyptians held certain animals as sacred. And so for them to perform such a sacrifice would put them at risk of scorn and mockery and even worse, death. And with this in mind, you know what God asked the people? Sacrifice a lamb. And each household, each household had to make up their own mind. Each household had to make that choice. Am I willing to look like a fool in the eyes of the world to put my trust in the blood of the lamb? Am I willing to publicly show My allegiance to Yahweh, even though it could cost me my reputation, my family name, and even worse, my life. Am I willing to endure all of these things, or am I more concerned about the world things than what the Word of God says? It was public confession of faith, and it's no different in the New Testament the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1:18 1 for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God you believe in a crucified messiah you believe that your god took on flesh and died You believe that your salvation to inherit eternal life is not based on your works, but you have to trust in the blood of Jesus. And we believers confidently say yes, yes. Because it was only by the blood of the lamb would these Israelites be spared. And it is only by putting your faith and trust in the blood of the lamb that you'll be spared. There's something else very significant about this blood because it's specific in where it's supposed to be placed. The blood of the Lamb in Exodus was to be put on the two doorposts and on the top of the door. And they were to hide, so to speak, under the blood. But there's one place that the blood was not put. It was covering the top. It was covering the sides. But the blood was not on the ground. And they were not to step on the blood that would save them and spare them from the wrath of God. And this is no new thing in the New Testament. You might not like this text, one who says he applies the blood to his life, but the Bible warns in Hebrews ten twenty nine. how much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, who has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified? Let me just make this very short. Don't mock the blood with your life. It is sacred, it is holy, it is precious. And if we claim to have applied the blood on our lives, may our lifestyle honor that blood and let us not trample on it. They were to apply the blood And in conclusion, this is kind of where we usually end the story of the Passover. In order to evade and to be spared from the wrath of God, we apply the blood of the Lamb on the doorposts of our lives. And it's beautiful and it's true. But that's not where the story ends. Look with me in verse 8 of Exodus 12. They shall eat the flesh that night roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Verse 11 says, in this manner you shall eat it with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. They were not only to kill the lamb in order to apply the blood over their lives. They were to kill the lamb in order for the lamb to enter into them. They were to take that lamb and they were to eat the lamb that the lamb may be in them. That the lamb may be one with them. That the lamb may fulfill them and satisfy them and be near them. And the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is able to give life to your mortal bodies by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. That the Lamb does not just want to cover your sin and atone for your sin. He wants to enter in you and be one with you and make his home with you. And so many people understand that they have applied the blood on their lives, but they don't understand enjoying Jesus, being fulfilled by Jesus. And they were eating it in a specific way. They were supposed to fasten their belt. They were supposed to put shoes on. They were supposed to have it with a staff in their hand. Because the reality was, after this, they were to go into the wilderness. The lamb did not just take care of the wrath of God. The lamb delivered the people from the bondage of Pharaoh. So it's not just... I'm going to believe in Jesus because he takes care of my sin and I don't got to go to hell. It's his blood, the same way in Exodus chapter 12. His blood, that lamb, liberates me from bondage. Pulls me out of the grip of Pharaoh and puts me on a new track in life. And now I am a sojourner and exile in Christ. I'm not of this world. I'm headed towards the promised land. And they were to eat it in haste because they needed to be sustained for the journey in the wilderness. And believer, you and I must feed on Christ in order for us to survive this exile. If not, you will be like the Israelites who complain about wanting to go back to Egypt. We see the lamb being eaten and that is fulfilled and the manna being eaten day by day and that's still Christ. Feed on him. Enjoy him. Be sustained by him. Be fulfilled in him. And so the lamb does not just save them from the angel of death that would pass over. He delivers you from sin. He delivers you from bondage. He delivers you from purposelessness. He delivers you as a slave to becoming a slave of Christ. Is that a reality in your life? Because the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. The truth will set you free. And lastly, we see here in verse 24 of chapter 12. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. That after this initial Passover celebration, the people of Israel were to look back at this day when they were delivered from Egypt. And we have something like that. It's called communion. And we look back at how Jesus delivered us, not from Egypt, but from sin, from Pharaoh, and from the wrath of God. Is the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost of your life? If you're here visiting, can you testify to the reality that yes, you understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, but He's not just some idea, He lives in you, and you enjoy Him. You've tasted and seen that the Lamb is good. Are you a sojourner and an exile? Because you can testify, I once was in Egypt, but I'm free. Do you understand that in Exodus 19.4, when he tells the Israelites about remembering what happened in Egypt and how he delivered them on eagle's wings, he didn't say, I brought you to the promised land. He didn't say, I brought you to a land flowing with milk and honey. He said, I brought you out of Egypt and bore you on eagle's wings to bring you to myself. that it was through the lamb that we come to God and have fellowship with him. Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, and we don't have to sacrifice lamb after lamb after lamb after lamb because his blood suffices. His sacrifice was once and for all, and we can put our faith in that. Let's pray. Father, please Help us see Jesus as our Passover lamb. Help us understand that it is by applying the blood that we are saved. We are liberated. We're delivered. And we rejoice, Father, that you provided Jesus for us. And Lord, if there's anybody in this place that has not put their faith in the blood of Jesus, that they would understand that there is no other way unto the Father. And if they just call out to you and say, Lord, wash me in your blood, you're faithful to do it. And that no amount of works will save them simply by trusting in your blood. And Lord, for us who trust in your blood, let us know how to enjoy Jesus, eat of Jesus, as he says in John chapter 6, to be satisfied in this journey by feeding on Christ, to know that he has given us all that we need to be strengthened on this wilderness. We worship you, we trust you, and we love you, in Jesus' name.